Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. Hi, I'm Matt. Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. Through creative content and live shows, we explain the hidden details of the Disney experience so that our clients can execute memorable adventures. Together with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel, we have helped hundreds of clients plan, book, and prepare for magical Disney vacations. Let our experience help you avoid common planning mistakes and maximize the enjoyment on your next Disney trip. That was incredibly fast. That was the fastest I've ever been brought over, I think. What? Sneaky subscribers. That's what we're calling them. Oh, well, hey, you know what? We'll take them. <laughs> I can. That's why I'm responding. Hmm. Shannon, can you hear Matt? That's the quickest way to find out. I love the new jacket. I also have my uh, Keep Calm and Buy a Shrubbery, which I got in uh, the UK pavilion on my most recent trip. Yes. Yes, but it was available for purchase in the UK pavilion at Disney world. Cause it does say Monty Python on it, but I got it at Disney world. Oh, oh. There is something. 
Got to go find the audio. Matt is working on technical difficulties because I realize what he's saying to me cannot be heard by any of you. So Matt is working on his technical difficulties of audio. Because I can hear him fine. But apparently none of you out there can hear him. Is your is your mic currently flashing red? That's what happened to me a couple weeks ago. I suddenly bumped the mute button. Hello, hello, hello. I have something else working now, so hopefully that works, but that was weird. Okay. So So now we think we can hear you? I think I think I can be heard now on on the channel. So if we get to Yeah, there we go. Now now we they can hear me. Alright. So let's uh let's go ahead and jump into the news. All right, we've got a 15-minute timer here, and we are going to talk about some Disney news from this week, which I thought was going to be a really slow week. It was it was really shaping up to be a really slow week, and then, and then like the weekend and today happened. Yeah, and that then kind of everything happened really really quick. So let's start with the big one, and let's talk about the price raises at Walt Disney World. First one is with annual passes. So go ahead and start with that one. Uh, uh, big increases on the annual passes. Um, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but from what I was kind of seeing in, uh, kind of the chats and stuff like that, um, seems like they went up by approximately like, I don't know, 15, 20%-ish. Yeah, um, so it looks like... Just a huge raise. Yeah, the Incredipass went up $100 to $1,399. The Sorcerer Pass went up to $969 from $900. The Pirate Pass went up to $749 from $699. And then the Pixie Pass, which is basically the Locals Pass, stayed at $399. Renewals? 10%. Yeah, renewals are continuing, but no new passes so they they release this and this is all for new because if you renew your pass it's at a different rate anyway it is but uh it looks like even the renewals went up a little bit so yeah so i guess i guess this comes on the heels of a couple of different things and, and we'll talk about the chapik interview from last week a little bit and basically they know that everything's going to slow down and they feel like annual passes are one of the ways that they're going to increase revenue. So what do they do? They raise the passes and they still don't make them available. So that's just, to me, that's just kind of goofy. It's step one though, because they're releasing the prices so that everybody can wrap their minds around what it is going to cost when they do release them. So I guess that part makes sense to me. Um, 
I, you know, you and I have kind of talked about this. Travel slowing down, yes, but Disney's not doing itself any favors, in my opinion. They they re they really aren't. And you know, let's talk about the next thing. And they introduce this single day ticket that is now park specific yep. and is priced based on the park that you're going to go to and the day you're going to that park. Right. So, um, Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios are, they have kind of like the same floor at $124. Um, Magic Kingdom does peak to $10 higher than Hollywood Studios, but those two parks are the most expensive. Um, Animal Kingdom is the least expensive and Epcot finds itself kind of in the middle. Um, but also Epcot starts lower, but then goes all the way up to Hollywood Studios cap. So, um, a really, really interesting, it, what was nice, here's why, what I'm going to wonder about this is, is this going to trickle in to a multi-day ticket? Because I don't then you would have to like bring the park reservation system into all of it. And so um, it is very interesting on the single day tickets. I am curious to see the numbers of how many people go to Disney with a single day ticket though, you know? So I don't know how much this will actually impact anything except for perhaps locals. Cause just not a lot of, I, I just, maybe I'm wrong. I just don't think a lot of people come from like great distances away just to go to Disney for a day very often. And maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, well, I, I wonder if DVC this impacts as well. That could be. Come for a three-day stay, but then just buy a single-day ticket because yeah. you go there all the time. So yeah, perhaps this is a nickel and dime at the, the casual goers. Exactly. And, you know, the Animal Kingdom prices are basically the prices that are there now, that 109 to 159 Everything else sets a higher floor and then sets a higher ceiling as well. So, so basically, every other park, they're trying to nickel and dime. So if you just want a one-day to Magic Kingdom, they're going to try and suck a little bit more money out of you to, to do that one day at Magic Kingdom. Especially if you go on a peak day. Like, a peak day is $190. Yeah. Like, that is... Now, on the flip side of this, I got to tell you, if you go for a couple of days over to Universal, you're pretty close to these prices. But Universal has always, in my mind, been closer to the same feeling as like a Cedar Point or a Six Flags or a Kings Island or, or what have you. And so I just, I don't know. It, it's very, very off-putting when you look at the sort of the a la carte price gouging, putting themselves in line with Universal um, in terms of single day tickets when Universal is much more doable in a single day where Disney World's not. Like, yeah. With the exception of Animal Kingdom, none of the parks at at Disney World are single day in order to like do it all. But Universal, I could buy a single day ticket 
go to one of the parks for a day and feel like I accomplished everything that I would possibly want to accomplish. Yeah, and you know, not only are is Disney raising the prices, let's get to the other big piece of news that came over the weekend, is Disney is now putting a hiring freeze out. Which and means, layoffs. Yeah, so that means that your guest experience in some way is probably going to be diminished and you're paying higher prices. And it also means that... Uh, dining plans not gonna not be coming back anytime soon. Yeah, I just boy, I I mean, you and I on this show have, have publicly discussed our uh, dislike of the current leadership, and and I know we've talked about like, well, you know, Disney World has its own president of operations, and I don't know this these decisions seem like they're coming right from the top. Yeah, they, they, they do. They do. And I'm not I, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say I don't think that that's where it's coming from. I, I really think, you know, when you're talking about a hiring freeze and that kind of stuff, and, and, and really this diminished park experience, that's that's coming directly from Chapek. Those those are those are staffing decisions coming directly from the top. And in the call he cited the idea that um, the last quarter at the the U.S. parks was not as profitable as they wanted. I don't know. I think for the mega company that is Disney, in my mind, if the parks are not losing money, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So to say, oh, the parks weren't as profitable or as big of a profit margin as we wanted to see, I don't know. I just, where is that money going that, like, what aspects of Disney is in the red to where we need to suck every bit of dollar out of the park aspect of our company to then fund those other areas? Because you're like, well, the movie studio, the movie studios are profitable too. Executive bonuses. I, right. I mean, it, that's what I mean. It just, it doesn't make any, and these people, these executive bonuses, like you're talking, those individuals are, you know, in the top 10% of income earners in the globe, yet we're concerned that the parks, well, the parks only had, you know, 9% growth and we were really shooting for 11% growth and it, <laughs> it, it just doesn't, it, it just boggles the mind of, of, exactly what you said like there's there's nothing about the company that says well we didn't quite hit as much profit as we wanted so we better reduce costs to i'm sorry reduce costs is is not going to drive profits up in this situation yeah because there's already enough people who are upset about the microtransactions how many people used to go to disney all the time that are now kind of piecing out on it essentially yeah, I, and, and that's that's the thing. It's just, I think you're losing the the long time, the long time park goer is is really looking at the parks right now and saying, is this somewhere that I really want to be? Um, do I really want to spend what I'm spending to not get what I used to get? And and you know, I think that's where it's get it's hurting them the most right now because. The new travel is down significantly, 
And that's where you have to bank on the people that ha are, are your legacy park goers that are going to go, that ha that know how to do it the right way, that know how to save some money, and, and are going to go even in the bad times. And, and they're really turning those people off. So, yeah, it just it's just, it's a weird, a weird dichotomy right now. Um, so, let's talk a, one more thing about some pricing, and then we'll go into a different... A, a different thing. So they announced the the ticket prices for the military um, this week as well, and I can't find it. But those prices stayed the same um, as they have in the last couple of years. I have no clue where. I, oh, there it is. So it's the salute to salute to service military discount tickets. Um, they can choose between a four-day or a five-day military ticket um, to visit in 2023. Really, the only thing that's changed on this is um, there's a blackout date or a couple of blackout uh, windows on these tickets, which there haven't been in years past. But the Park Hopper option is $369 for the five-day, $399 with the Park Hopper Plus, the four day with Park Hopper is three forty nine and three seventy nine with Park Hopper Plus. Two blackout windows, April second through April fifteenth, which is kind of that late spring break period, and then November nineteenth through twenty fifth. Now, one thing I have to say about April second through April fifteenth is that is really really late in the spring break window. Do you think that that's when they're going to open Tron? Oh, it's just a weird set of dates. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if it's all that weird. That's the week of my break. It just seems really, really late. I mean, you guys have a late break in the state of Indiana. That's true. Because we go, we go to break three weeks before that. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting thought that perhaps they're shooting for an April 1st open date. Um, let's hit a couple of other things real quick uh, to end the news. Disney has pushed back the reservation cancellation window for uh, restaurants to two hours prior to your reservation. Um, you can do a cancellation without getting charged. And then the other thing that I had was they released the... Um, preliminary drawings for the cake bake shop that's going to be on the boardwalk that's taking the place of the ESPN club and it looks like the cake bake shop here in Carmel um, you can go on WDW Preps uh, Twitter or you can just check out our retweet of it on the Twitter over at Disney Insights um, any news that I missed? Uh, not incredibly noteworthy the biggest things yeah cutting costs and raising costs all at the same time depending on whose perspective you're looking at yeah oh and um only two dates left for very merry december 11th and december 15th are the last two dates that are not sold out so if you do want to go our 13th and 15th if you do want to go to the very merry christmas party and don't have a ticket right now um those are your only dates and it doesn't sound like they are having the same like day of sales that they've had in years past 
I've heard a lot of people saying that there's just they're going up to guest services and there there's no tickets available. So yeah, so, yes. that was the way it was during the not so scary as well. It was really difficult to get day ups. Um, but on the same token, I did feel like this year's not so scary was not as packed as it was when we went even to Boobash. Boobash was felt way more packed than uh, the not so scary this year. So that is the news. So, all right, let's go ahead and let's get into this week's top three. Business trip. Uh, it does tingle a little bit. So, since I got accused of planting last week's top three, there's... Nothing in my hands. All yeah, but you're the only one reading the sheet. Nobody else can see the topic list. <laughs> well, here, here, here. <laughs> I'll cover your face with the topics. There we go. Here's the screen share, folks. <laughs> do, 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 do. Top three topics. Bam. Right there. There's our top three topics. All right. Pulling one out. They all say the same thing. We have number six this you week. You literally draw number six like every time. <laughs> no, I do not. Number six this week, and that is going to be um, your top three favorite pools at Walt Disney World. And mm -hmm. you have... Hold on a second. 20 seconds. Planning your first trip and getting overwhelmed by all the details? Planning your next trip and just want some new suggestions on things you haven't tried? Contact me at Princess of the Mouse Travel, and I'd love to work with you planning your next trip to the most magical place on Earth. You can contact Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel on Facebook at P-A-T-M Disney Travel. It's a great start. It, it's awesome when I just click off my thing. I click off my screen and all of a sudden everything goes to hell. So, all right. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Doesn't matter, but you know what my number one is. And if you take it, I'm coming through the computer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do know what your number one is. And it's not even going to make my top three. Oh, so, that's, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, all right, so my number one, I am going to start. We're going to start with number three, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so my first one, also known as number three, is uh, is going to be the pool over at Polynesian. Um, really, really quality pool. Um, water slide is really fun. And um, just... Kind of everything about it, just because of the of the decor and the splash pad and the climbing up the rocks to come down the slide, just and the zero entry on the back end, the bar over to the side, just kind of. And then the best part is looking out of the pool. The castle is in the background, right across the lake. Um, at nighttime, 
you can just kind of lounge in the pool and they will pipe the music in from the fireworks show. So lay in the pool, watch the fireworks show, hear the music from the park piped in to the area. Um, just kind of everything about it. And then just the decor of the Polynesian being all tropical oasis, just kind of sets you on that tropical vacation mode. And so um, really, really enjoy the times that I've been able to swim in the Polynesian pool and just kind of spend some time in and around that area. So that is going to be my number three. All right. Well, my number three is going to be the big blue pool at uh, Art of Animation. So great, great pool for kids. Uh, big walk-in splash area. Good theming to uh, Finding Nemo slash Finding Dory. Uh, speakers underwater. Just just a really uh, fantastic, fantastic um, pool if you want to spend some time there. And, you know, what we what we fail to talk about is we're, we're really highlighting, like, the main pool at a resort in most cases. In a lot of these resorts, there are two, three, four different pools that you get to choose from. Um, so, like, Art of Animation and Pop Century each have three pools, and that's a that's a pretty cool thing to think about that you're not everybody's not trying to go into one pool. So um, my pool number three is the Big Blue Pool at Art of Animation. So what is your number two? The Big Blue Pool. Uh, my number two is going to be the pool, the main pool, as Matt just kind of mentioned, over at Caribbean Beach. So that is the Fuentes del Maro pool over at Caribbean Beach. Uh, fantastic. It is themed after a Spanish fort that is like under siege. So the, some of the walls have like bits blown out of it from cannon fire and all that stuff. Um, what makes this pool absolutely great, kind of the similar thing, it's up in the front by the main building. You have this big poolside bar that also has like a little eatery attached to it. You're close to the main building, so you can go in and grab a go order out of the marketplace. And then you can just set up camp in this pool during the day. There's plenty of like events that your kids can go, trivia, all, you know, all sorts of games. Big splash area, good size slide, a hot tub back behind the, the more kind of like a secluded hot tub makes it more like an adult oasis back behind the hustle and bustle of the main pool. Um, and then just a little side slide as well. So definitely my favorite intermediate pool uh, over there at Caribbean Beach because you just, again, great place to just take a day off and just spend like four or five hours there and you you will have a great time the whole time you're there yeah my number one or my number two is i'm going to go to a deluxe resort and i'm going to go to the main pool at the contemporary resort um another when you get into your deluxe resorts you, a lot of them will have water slides and that kind of stuff um another pool with a water slide it's more of a classic style pool but what makes it really fun is the things that they do around the pool. They've got trivia, they've got music, they've got all kinds of things going on all the time. Just like you would have at like your weekend neighborhood pool. Um, but it's behind the contemporary and it's back there um, on, on the bay. And just really nice area. 
and and really cool pool to spend some time in um really got to spend a lot of time at it the uh covid year <laughs> when we got stuck at the contemporary for a few days uh and and really got to enjoy got to enjoy that pool for um a good amount of time so that is my number two the pool at contemporary resort let's go to our number one choices so matt already knows what my number one is going to be it is the shared pool between the yacht and beach club um this is so here's the thing about this pool with all of the different features that I'm about to mention, it actually has to be registered with the state of Florida as a water park. So it is officially registered as a water park. Here is the amazing thing about this pool. You have to walk across the walkway coming out of Epcot to get to this big spiral staircase to start this water slide. So if you pay attention as you're walking down that path, you'll see a big brown tube going a couple stories above the path. That is the water slide. So the water slide shoots you through this tube and then pops out into um, openness. And, and then you go through a couple of little waterfalls and then you splash down. And if that wasn't enough, there's another little slide over there in the shipwreck. Um, and if that's not enough, there is a whirlpool area where they've got the jets angled in such a way that you will literally just keep going around in a circle if you let your body free float. There is a volleyball area. There are multiple hot tubs. I believe there's three hot tubs. There is a lazy river and there is a sand bar where kids can like play in the sand inside of the pool and a bunch of the pool is sand bottomed. So you just have this like massive play area and it is just such a unique pool experience, and it is one of the main reasons that and being able to walk into the backside of Epcot, the pool and walking into the backside of Epcot are is the reason why Yacht and or Beach Club are my top resorts on all of Disney property because of just the amazing experience. When you stay at those resorts, you have to fight your kids to go to the parks because they would rather just be back doing that. Yeah, Storm Along Bay is the name of yes, the area. Sorry, I there. forgot to say Storm Along Bay. <laughs> All right, my number one, before we get to that, if you um, have made it this far in the video, definitely hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. And if you want to submit an idea for a top three, go to our website, patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning and check out the little uh, box up in the top right corner and it will let you suggest topics for this and our client question section of the shows. So definitely do that. My number one, um, we've gotten to do it once and it is the pool at Riviera. Um, Riviera, the brand new resort, is absolutely fantastic um, in a lot of different ways, but their pool area not only do they have a huge deluxe style pool with water slides and all that kind of stuff, their secondary pool is awesome. They've got a bocce ball court. Um, that whole little area where the pools are is, is unbelievable. Um, and it's a great place to just, again, waste a day and not go to the parks. Um, you, you've been there. Have you enjoyed the pools at the Riviera? Yeah, I... I actually thought about going to Riviera, but I felt like that was a cop-out. 
since you know most of our viewers know that that's where my DVC is at. Um, yeah, it, it's beautiful because there's a, there's a couple of kind of porch swings and like you mentioned the bocce pit. There's a chess set. The the quiet pool just off to the side is kind of a, a shallower pool, so it's really nice to just sort of lounge around in. Um, zero entry on the main pool, hot tub, really nice water slide. Yeah, all all fantastic stuff at Riviera for sure. Worthy of a number one. Like I said, I just I didn't want to take it as a cabo. Oh, of course you pick Riviera. It's your own. Well, I mean, but if if you went Riviera, I was going Yacht and Beach Club, so it didn't it didn't matter. Our number ones were going to be the same no matter what. Yeah, it's just a question of which one you bring up for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, again, if you if you have one that you like better than the ones we talked about today, definitely. Put it down in the comments. Put it in the chat. Let us know. Um, and if you want to submit a question or an idea for the top three, patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning and fill out the form in the top right corner. Peter, how can people find you? Uh, Facebook. Just type Disney Travel Agent or Princess and the Mouse and you will find me and my family standing in front of Expedition Everest until I change the photo that I mention every week. Because <laughs> my kids are like four years out of date. But, uh, yep, that's the easiest way to find me. And then we'll get talking about your amazing vacation and everything that I can do for you. And as long as you're doing a package or staying at the going to the parks for more than three days, it is at no cost to you, uh, no additional cost to you. So, it's at no cost to you. All right, yeah. <laughs> All right Peter. Uh, thanks for Thanks for joining us on the top three. Let's get into the client question. Do you have questions concerning planning a Disney trip? Ask them live on the show or submit them on our website at patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning. All right, here we go. Let's get microphones back on here. Yeti, Yeti's on. All right, you're on. We're good to go. All right, client question time. Let's bring this back over here and bring this up. I actually had a good one that I had seen and there it is. So client question is, how far ahead should you book and is there a benefit in booking that far ahead? I'm going to give this right to our travel agent.
is really just luck of the draw or whatever's left after the the uh, the vultures have picked it over. So you really, really lose the advantages of planning ahead. So planning six to nine months out allows you and your travel agent to get the hotel figured out, then take a couple months off so it's not overwhelming, discuss the park reservation system and where you wanna go each day, take a month or two off without being overwhelming, and then discuss where you want to eat get that right at 60 days out and then take a month off before it's time to talk about okay last minute things last second travel plans and all of that stuff so the more the later you wait the more that stuff has to happen immediately which just turns it into a really really stressful situation instead of just spending an hour picking out our hotel an hour talking about number of days and where we want to go on those days, an hour or two talking about our dining, all of that stuff. So nine months, that is my sweet spot. Matt, agree or disagree? I I do agree. You know, unless you're like, you know you're going to go in a couple of years, booking, booking as soon as the reservations become available for the next year usually locks you into the best base rate of each hotel. Um, because as that trip gets closer, that base rate of the hotel is only going to go up as occupancy goes away. Um, Mm -hmm. now, like Peter said, you could possibly find a deal as you're getting closer to your, um, your reservation, but you are locked in that base rate on the hotel, which in some cases is better than some of the deals that come out. Um, we, we ran into that a couple of years ago. Uh, no, it was June of last year. We ran into that where we had booked early. And then when we ran the discount prices, it was actually $15 more with the discount on it than what it was when we had our booking done. So yeah, like I have a client who's going next October that booked with me in July. Yeah. So there is definitely an advantage, like Matt said, the prices are going to go up as occupancy goes goes away. Um, I think I'm about to get kicked off the Zoom, but that is the recommendation. At least nine months out, at least six months out. <laughs> at least nine months out. He likes at least six months out. Nine months is a sweet spot. And he will uh, definitely suggest not booking within 60 days because you don't want to try and do all the planning all at once. Um, Well, since he is gone, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the closing and get this show closed out. from Princesses and the Mouse joined us today. Um, you can find him over on Facebook at PATM Disney Travel. Want to find 
find us on social media, you can find us a lot of different places. The best is going to be on Facebook at DPI Podcast or over on Twitter at Disney Insights. Our YouTube page is the Disney Planning Insights Podcast, and you can find us on Instagram at Princesses and the Mouse. Thank everybody for joining us today. Have a good week, and we will talk to you next Tuesday. Bye now.